0: You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 K C Z W L P Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com.
1: Trick or treat Lone Star Radio listeners. This is Dick, the general manager, taking this quick moment
0: to remind you that Lone Star Community Radio is looking to fill some of our talk show slots along with some of our DJ slots. We have a new show airing on the 10th making connections with
1: Stacy harris which will air every second tuesday of the month at 1 p.m make sure to check it out along with our other programs on lone star community radio for more information on lone star community radio visit us online at irlonestar.com and again if you're interested in doing something with us call the station
0: 936-647-3776 thanks for checking out this recording and i hope you guys enjoy
1: Good afternoon. My name is Caroline Cruz, and thank you for joining us today on Lone Star Community Radio. And you're joining us in the Extension Hour, our Friday afternoon radio show. I want to talk to you today during our show about our 4-H Youth Development Program here in Montgomery County. Um, Some of the highlights that we have, because there's a couple of really cool things that we're doing right now, we are actually in the middle of celebrating National 4-H Week. So there's a couple of things that I'll be able to talk with you today. Um, Hope everybody's doing well, having a good Friday, and we've got some cool things to share with you. Um, I also am joined by a 4-H volunteer. Her name is Lara Pena, and so we'll be talking with you today about uh, some things about the 4-H youth program. Just so you know, like I mentioned, we are getting ready for National 4-H Week. And National 4-H Week is October 1st through 7th. So we're just kind of moving into that week. Um, The really neat thing is this is the 75th year to celebrate National 4-H Week. Um, And just like the name says, across the nation are when 4-H members will be celebrating National 4-H Week, their local programs, and just kind of overall the impact that 4-H has in their lives with their clubs and their families.
0: Are they doing anything special for it? I mean, 75 years is a long time.
1: I know 75 years. I can't even, I mean, 4-H has been around longer than that, but it's just the 75th anniversary of an organized nationwide celebration. And what some of the things that people do across the country, um, and I'll tell you too, what we're doing specifically in Texas and also here in Montgomery County And this is a week that they have the opportunity to kind of get in front of the public, in front of um, people that may not know about the program and get in front of the local supporters, the stakeholders that actually help to support the 4-H program. Um, What we got to do here in Montgomery County, which is always a neat experience for our 4-H members, um, is we actually got to. Um, go to our county commissioner's courts, which were supported by county commissioners and the judge, and present them with a the proclamation for National 4-H Week. The neat thing is that 4-H members actually get to come and do that. So, um, Ms. Pena's daughter actually is our Montgomery County 4-H Council president or our chairman for the year. Um, her name is Gabby. And so part of her role, Gabby actually got to read and present the proclamation at Commissioner's Court. So that's always really neat for a 4-H member to get to have that experience.
0: That's that's so cool.
1: It is. It's, you know, for for some, it may be nerve wracking for Gabby. She read through it. She got all the information out did such a great job. We also had some 4-H members and their parents come with us as well to help present this to the court, And they actually get to put together some appreciation baskets to give to the commissioners and to the county judge. Like I said, they do um, help support uh, the County 4-H program. And we also get to share highlights with them, things that have happened during the year, um, recognitions, and I have some of those to share with you. Just some really cool things that 4-H'ers have been doing And they get to tell commissioners about what they've been doing locally.
0: And all the positive effects to go with it, I'm sure.
1: Most definitely. Um, It's just such a neat, you know, for myself um, as an agent, it's a big thing to do during the year. But to me, probably the best part of it is letting the youth that are directly, I mean, they are 4-H. So letting them to be a part of it, have a really active role, getting that leadership, understanding what, Even just what your county government is like Mm -hmm. is a whole learning process in itself. Um, So, do you have, you were able to be there at Commissioner's Court. Um, Lair, how how did that go? How did you, um, seeing it on the side of a parent?
2: Well, we have done Commissioner's Court now for four years, and Gabby has always Mm -hmm. been a part of the presentation of the gift baskets. Mm -hmm. Um, The last three years, uh, we have personally made gifts to go in there. So it kind of gives us a chance as a family to talk about why we want to appreciate them and how they work with us hand in hand to make sure that there are many opportunities for the kids to grow personally. And this gives us an opportunity also as parents to talk with them about um, the civic side Mm -hmm. of of life and how they should be involved. And, And it gives them that little small opportunity as a child to be involved in that it just opens the door for more conversation with your kids and teaches them how to respect um, the elected officials and, you know, everybody in the government, really. Mm-hmm. And um, from a parent's perspective, it's been fun to watch her grow. And, and a lot of those kids we've watched grow mm-hmm. up, too. This is her last year. But um, I can remember a lot of those kids, when they were just little itty-bitty things, could barely hold that basket. Now they they tower over mm-hmm. the others. But it's really cool to watch the commissioners as well because, you know, they— they, um, they understand what 4-H is doing um, with kids um, and how it's a perfect opportunity for parents to be very involved in some of the things that their children mm-hmm. are doing. And it's funny, after you start reading off all the accomplishments of our county and mm-hmm. how well we have done uh, both locally and local competitions and some of the mm-hmm. cooking things, it's fun to watch the commissioners all looking at each other like, Wow. You know, when they hear about how Montgomery County measures up, you know, across the state and then to hear that even some of them have made it to the national level in competitions and we won, you know, they just go like, wow. And then, of course, they always make the same funny comment about, I feel like an underachiever after you've mentioned all that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's really neat to see the support from the, um, our elected officials for mm-hmm. this program because it really is, it's been a phenomenal program. Mm-hmm. For our family as well.
1: And, and like you said, it's, it's almost like a real life opportunity because you may learn about these things through your studies, through school, you learn about mm-hmm. government, actually being able to have the opportunity to real life go in and see that whole process, see what it's like, um, and to take a more active role to be informed of what's going on mm-hmm. in your county. You know, you get to see all the county departments, just kind of from every aspect. So that real life, real world opportunity is kind of a unique thing for them to be able to do. So I think some of them walk out there with, you know, their eyes are just wide because they didn't realize we can only explain to them what it's like, but until they actually get that chance to go in and do that, they get to come back with a whole new perspective of, okay, that's kind of how that goes. This is what, I mean, they get to look at the agenda and see what's coming up. So it's, it's a real neat um, opportunity for them. And I think after every year, they're just Kind of like you said, the commissioners and some of even the members don't maybe not realize everything that the whole county is doing county wide. So they kind of get that moment of, wow, we've been pretty busy. Mm -hmm. We've been out there active doing things. So that's always, um, from my side, neat to be able to see that kind of light bulb moment with them and that they get to get to hear their accomplishments, too, in front of a group. Um, And to tell you a little bit more about why we celebrate National 4-H Week. And when we think about it, there's over 6 million young people across the country that are 4-H members. That's a lot of youth. That's a lot. Um, And 4-H actually is the largest youth organization in the country. And not even just that, but it has an international presence as well. There's over 50 countries across the world that have 4-H in their countries. So when you just think about that, I mean, that, that's a lot of young people, families, volunteers. Um, here in our county, we have over 1,000 4-H members. And we're one of the, if not the most, one of the largest county programs. And I'd probably say we would maybe be in the top three in the state of Texas as far as membership goes. So we have a really large um, growing program. We have 23 different 4-H clubs here in Montgomery County. So there's something for everyone and just about every part of the county as well. So we have a lot of really active clubs. Um, So just to kind of let you know some of those things. Another part of National 4-H Week that actually started in Texas is a project called One Day 4-H. And what that is, um, the last, the, the Sunday that wraps up National 4-H Week has been set aside as one day 4-H. And what that is, it's a day for 4-H members across the state of Texas, no matter their club, their county, where they live, get to plan and organize some sort of a community service project that is special to their county. So it's a neat um, kind of sense of camaraderie that you know that during that day, Majority of four hers across the state are all doing some sort of a service project, so you kind of get that power in numbers, just feeling that it's a a bigger sense than just yourself. That mm-hmm. people all across the state are doing a one day four h service project. Um, one of the clubs that your family actively involved in um, is one of our shooting clubs that focuses on the shooting sports project. What things are you are they planning to do? for that service project?
2: Well, this is what I love about 4-H is it really instills in the kids um, a heart for service to just give back to your community and make a difference. And it helps them to take the focus off themselves and put it on others. Well, one day 4-H fosters that by giving the kids multiple opportunities. And it's fun because we let the kids come up with the ideas. And then we look at what can, how can we get some outside sponsorships to make this an even bigger and better project and have a, a greater impact and um, the the club that you're referring to, our shotgun club, um, we have decided this year that we would like to personally go out and put some of these strong young men to work helping some of the flood victims. Mm-hmm. So we have um, found a family, and uh, we are working with them right now, and they um, they've they've, um, they've suffered greatly. And it's a, actually it's an elderly man and his wife, and they're in their 70s, and some of the work is it, he just is physically not mm-hmm. able to do it, and so when It was kind of neat because when I got to approach him and ask him if he would be open to letting me bring some strong young teenage boys out there to help Mm -hmm. him with some of the work that needed to be done, I mean, he literally broke down crying. And, um, you know, he said, I'm familiar with 4-H. That's an incredible program. And yes, I would would absolutely Mm -hmm. love the help. And so, you know, again, it's just part of the pledge for 4-H is um, hands to larger service. And one day 4-H... Helps our young people understand that this is your moment to really shine because everybody's going to be talking about 4-H. Because I mean, like you said, we have 23 clubs in our county, and so they're going to be present everywhere with their 4-H shirts, working and serving others. And um, it, it's it's not about them; it's about others. And um, we make it as fun as we can, and we have a good time. But in the end. We you know the goal is to have something accomplished that benefits somebody in need. And some of the other things that um, our clubs have done in the past, not specifically the shooting one, um, we've we've um, collected over two tons of pet food for the animal shelter. We've um, cleaned out the park, picked up all the trash, mm-hmm. raked up all the leaves, planted some new um, azalea bushes and You know, we've kind of adopted a park. And and that's another thing is these projects give the kids some ownership Mm -hmm. and they take responsibility and they have to work together to come up with a plan. And then they have to divide and conquer to get all the supplies. And then we got to show up ready to work. And there's been times where it has been pouring down rain (laughs) and they all wanted to stay. So it's really neat to watch the kids just serve with um, joy, Mm -hmm. really. And like what you mentioned, it's it's a
1: pride of ownership. It's a sense of community. Mm-hmm. So they're taking stake in their local community and kind of instilling that sense of pride too to take care of our community and taking care of others. Um, it's it's also you know we talk about community service and let's do a project, but it's so much more than just that. And for them to take it from the ground up, okay, let's find let's get our ideas together who can we get to help with this? Who is going to benefit from this? How are we going to keep up with it over the years? Longevity. And then them actually getting to be a part of it and taking it from start to completion. It's really, even as adults, you know, being a part of that, really seeing them kind of come to life. And once they get it, that's the neat part. Once they get that, what they're doing is really helping somebody, not just, Um, you know, I'm going to, you know, raise money or I'm going to do this. And then, um, you know, given a certain way, they're actually getting to kind of put their eyes and even their hands on this actual project and how it's going to help somebody. Um, It's neat to kind of witness that and see it happen. You know, and we tell them we do this because it makes us feel good, but we do it because we're here to take care of other people too. When, you know, when we fall on bad luck or hard times, you kind of have that sense that someone else will step up and help us, so let's step up and help other people too. So that's, you know, we could talk all day long about different community service projects and how those really impact people in the community. But like you said, they get so much out of it too. Well,
0: and one question Mm -hmm. I have is does, so the Shotgun Club is doing that for the elderly man and his wife. Is each group and organization doing their own sort of activity or project?
1: So in our county, some counties come together and do one big county project. Um, in our case, where we have 23 clubs, and our, just the way how our county is populated and, and s- widespread, they are really invested to not just county, but in their local community. So they take the opportunity to do something for their closer-knit local community. Okay. And so, yes, they'll be doing all different kinds of service okay. projects that day. Mm-hmm. Some counties do a big thing, but just the way how we have... So many clubs, it makes sense for them to kind of take leadership and really get involved because we want the, the youth and the, the families in that club to develop it themselves. So good question. But yes, we have so many
2: that are going to be ramped up. I'm to go. a newbie
0: when it comes to 4-H, so I have to ask obvious <laughs> questions. Course. Well, by, by
2: the time we're done with this, you'll be ready to sign your kids up. <laughs> <laughs> or think about it in the future. Oh,
0: that's- that sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: by that time, you already know, you know, so much. It'll be that much easier for you. <laughs> Definitely. Do we need to take a short break? All right. Well, we'll be back in just a few minutes on the Extension Hour.
3: Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. This is Rick TRC. Every Monday through Friday from 3 to 7, I play today's country hits on my show Afternoons with Lone Star. The type of music that makes you want to get off your seat, stomp your feet, sing along at the top of your lungs, and not care who hears. On Lone Star Community Radio, Conrose FM 104.5 and 106.1. And as always on worldwide, IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Just contact the station on irlonestar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Extension Hour on Lone Star Community Radio. My name is Caroline Cruz and I'm one of your county extension agents here in Montgomery County and with the 4H Youth Program. And if you ever have any questions about 4-H, maybe how you can get involved, you can always give us a call at your county extension office. And that number is 936-539-7823, extension 3. If you ever want to come and drop by, um, our address is 9020 Airport Road in Conroe, 77303. We're actually located directly across the street, across Airport Road, from the Lone Star Convention Center right next to the airport and just kind of across the way from the Montgomery County Fairgrounds. And I'm joined here today with Lara Pena. And Ms. Pena is a 4-H volunteer here in Montgomery County. Um, She's a 4-H parent. So we are talking with you today about the 4-H program. We're kicking off National 4-H Week, which is October 1st through the 7th. Um, We talked a little bit about presenting some of the accomplishments of our young people in 4-H. And I wanted to share a few of those with you just to kind of bring it to life. Um, So our 4-H members are from third grade all the way through high school. So that's a pretty wide uh, age range of young people. And during the year, they are members of their club. They participate in community and county programs and some of them also um, decide to work on different projects. And a piece of that may be entering a contest related to the project or the activities that they're working on. So something that our 4-Hers work towards is called District 4-H Roundup. And what that is, it's basically a weekend where young people can come together, compete in almost any type of contest that 4-H has to offer, And that's actually being held in Montgomery County. It's at Lone Star College. And this is made up of 18 counties in the Southeast part of Texas. So uh, young people from all those 18 counties get to come together. So I'm gonna share with you a couple of highlights that our 4-H members um, achieved this year. We had 116 4-Hers from Montgomery County that participated. We have, there's a really cool contest. You may have heard me talk about this before. It's called the Food Challenge. And it's like, if you've ever seen Chopped or Iron Chef or any of those cooking competitions on Food Network and on those different channels, that's kind of what it is, but it's for kids. It's really cool. Um, Teams of three to five uh, young people get together. It's one of my favorite contests to watch and be a part of. Um, We had 10 teams from Montgomery County. So we had 42 4 H'ers and that went and did the food challenge. Um, we had 24 members that competed in a robotics competition. Um, you've heard some of them on the show before talk about that. It's, it's a really cool contest. Um, out of all of these people, we had 21 that qualified for the state roundup contest that happened uh, just during the summer. We also had some teams that participate and other livestock shows, but they're doing these type of contests. Like we had four teams that went to Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo that competed in the food challenge contest at the rodeo. Um, We had a first and a second place team and then in the preliminaries. And then we had one team that won third place overall. So that was pretty neat. They got to go to Houston, go to the livestock show, got their banner. It was Just it's a lot of fun. Um, I got to judge part of it, too. So it's it's just always neat seeing them come in and how creative that they can get.
0: That's the worthy admission in itself.
1: Right. Oh, my goodness. It's it's just so cool. You get to see kids from all over uh, the area come together. And um, it's a different atmosphere going to a livestock show to do that. So it's just it's neat because also the public gets to watch. So anyone can come up and, and watch them get together and cook. So it's pretty cool. Um, we had quite a few that went to the state contests. Um, so that's just a few brief highlights of things we've had. One other kind of step up to leadership, we have uh, Texas 4-H has different ambassador programs for high school age students. And one in particular, it's called the Texas 4-H Water Ambassador And those people that are part of that program get to learn all about water in the state of Texas. Water is a commodity, a natural resource, and why it's one of our most precious commodities that we have. Um, They get to learn about the legal aspect as well. Um, And we actually had our Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District um, worked with me on that. And we actually were able to get one of our 4-H members their complete fee for Going to the, it was over. It was about ten days worth of training. They went to, um, and our Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District actually paid for all of his registration. So that was really neat. Um, Several hundred dollars that they put into uh, this young man, and so over the year he will be presenting what he learned um, at that ambassador training. And uh, Miss Pena, who is here with me today, her daughter actually is also now an ambassador in one of those programs as well. Do you want to tell them about that briefly?
2: Absolutely. Um, Gabby is one of the shooting sports ambassadors, Mm -hmm. and so she will have the honor of traveling the state and even here locally, uh, just sharing with people the different shooting sports that are available for 4-H members and how the shooting sports have um, helped her personally grow in both perseverance and determination, but in focus and concentration it's opened some incredible doors for her and she's excited to share with um, anybody who is willing to listen Mm -hmm. (laughs) just how wonderful the shooting sports programs are all of the different um, shooting sports it's not just shooting there's archery and um, air rifle and muzzle loading I mean there's quite a bit available to kids of all ages Mm -hmm. and interests
0: What, what exactly does she do
2: She will um, just share with them all the different disciplines. Okay. um, You know, how to get started in them. Uh, But she really enjoys talking about how the shooting sports have opened doors of opportunity for her. I mean, it it honestly has provided her with, um, you know, the foot into the door to intern for representatives and senators and. Wow. Um, because uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like if you're, she wants to go into political science. So it was either golf or shooting. I mean, if you're going <laughs> to live in Texas, you either need to le- learn how to swing a club or hit a target. <laughs> and so um, she's not athletic. And so we chose shooting sports. turns out she's pretty darn good, but.
0: I mean, that's an athleticism all on its own.
2: It, it honestly is. Yeah. I mean, uh, we used to tease her about missing some of the targets. And she said, well, here, why don't you shoot 100 targets? And so we did. And I couldn't even lift my arm by the end of the day. <laughs> so
0: Well, know. and I think probably one of the good things, about this and maybe you can expand on it, is the um the gun safety uh, that they teach alongside of this and and maybe informing the youth of not just proper use but just the responsibility of owning a gun all, as well absolutely in its, it's
2: mandatory as a matter of fact you're not even allowed to step foot onto a range until you've gone through the mandatory training that um 4-h is all about safety first and so you know the my hat's off to the coaches because uh You know, you can imagine, you know, having young people out on a firing range and they are so professional and so good with the kids, you know, as a parent, it's just heartwarming to see how much they really do care about the kids and making sure that they have a good time, but it's safety first. Definitely.
1: Um, Tell us a little bit about your family's journey into 4-H, what it's done for you, uh, for your daughter, for you as a family, and for you as a volunteer? Well, how much time do I have? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just a couple minutes.
2: <laughs> we heard about 4-H when we moved to Conroe, and um, it was basically the man that we bought our home from shared it with us, and it really sounded exciting. So as a mom, I immediately started doing some internet searching and finding out about all the programs that were available, and we just knew that no matter What happened our first year, we were going to just dive right in, explore everything that we could, um, you know, do, whether it was time or money, we were going to try it all, just see what stuck, you know, Mm -hmm. where they say throw enough (laughs) spaghetti out there and something will stick to the wall. And so we did that our first year. We just dove right in and had a blast. We made some new friends and being Mm -hmm. new to the community, that was very important to meet other families. And um, it really helped us a lot to find out about what her personal interests were uh, because she was in that transition, that middle school age when we heard about it. And that's already a tough age. So it was really neat for her to find other young people with the same kind of interest. But what has been very exciting is watching her step up and become a young leader and um, She's had multiple years of public speaking experience, and it's been fun to watch her um, use that in 4-H in the different leadership roles that are available to kids. You know, um, you only have to be in uh, eight years old in the third grade mm-hmm. to be in 4-H, and we really do give even kids that age an opportunity to step into even a small role in leadership. But for her... I want to say she was 12 years old when we joined 4-H, and that was such an awkward age anyways, but it just gave her so many um, opportunities to shine, and of course, the parents that are involved, um, you know, they're, they're so encouraging. We're always encouraging each other's kids and trying to bring out the best in them, and that takes, you know, a, a lot of people pulling together to make the program a success, and we were lucky to get connected with a very small 4-H group out near our house. We call it the Little Club with Big Personality. We're not a project-specific club, like there's the Shotgun Club, there's a the Dog Club, Horse Club, and so on. Our club is just a well-rounded, and most of them are, you know, you, they're all, uh, we have parents who take on leadership roles in specific projects that their kids are doing. And that's been wonderful because, you know, it doesn't really matter what your child is doing in or outside of 4-H. Their success is really dependent on parent involvement. And I love 4-H because it becomes a partner for me as a mom in helping to grow this independent, educated, young lady who knows where she fits in in her community. And it gives her opportunities to jump in and shine. And when they make mistakes, no big deal. We get up, we go with it, and we learn. And so over the five years, the last five years, this will be her sixth year and final year, Sadly, um, this has been her year that all of the experience of the last five years has is now giving her the moment to shine and really pour into other people, which is why she loves the ambassador program, which is why she loves serving on the state council, on the district council, and here as chairman in our county. She says, Mom, I, I want my last year in 4-H to be, I want to go out with a bang. I want to help as many families have the awesome experience that we had. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And so uh, how do you say no to that? Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, her experience with 4-H has been so awesome that she wants to make sure that other kids too can say that same Mm -hmm. thing when they hit their senior year.
1: Definitely. And having kind of that um, open-minded and kind of well-rounded view of there's, you could go from A to Z Mm -hmm. and find tons of different things that you can do and plug into your 4-H career. Um, Something that we've been talking about is um, service and giving back and kind of having that that heart for service, um, which is a big part that we try to instill in our 4-H members. And I know, of course, here recently, you know, events that have happened with Hurricane Harvey and all the other disasters we've seen happen across our country, um, things happening in Puerto Rico, just, you know, all of these things that we've kind of been looking at or being a part of over this past month or so. Tell us a little bit about um, what you've come to find and your own personal efforts towards disaster recovery and and some of the things that that you can share with others that may not know that are still happening today.
2: Oh, goodness, I'd be happy to share. As a matter of fact, right before I came here, I was out in a, I would say, an underserved and neglected area east of us. Um, It's not even in our county, but, you know, when you see people hurting, you can't help but help. It's hard not to want to help Mm -hmm. them. Well, and I will be honest with you and tell you that five years ago prior to 4-H – I would help, you know, occasionally. And, you know, if there was a canned food drive, I'd help out there and, and do things through our local church. But it wasn't until we joined 4-H and really began to seek out opportunities for the kids that that heart of service in my own life, in my in myself, wasn't really fully developed. I'll just be honest with you. And um, now I find that we... So love doing things like that because just not only does it set a good example for our kids, but I mean even as adults, we still want to love and care for others, right, in our community. So when this hurricane happened, you know, for everybody, all of us who were going through it, and I know our listeners here locally will be, um, they'll totally understand where I'm coming from. You know, it was just making sure that your next door neighbor was cared for, or maybe a friend of yours down the street. And then after those bases were covered, then we would reach out. Okay, what else is going on in our community? Who else here in the city of Conroe and on the outskirts needs help? Okay, well, then it began countywide. And, you know, we've been serving a lot of people in a lot of places. Well, as our net, shall we say, um, was cast further east, we began to realize that the flooding and the damage out there was really severe. And um, in some of the communities and little pockets that we have found, you know, the income um, the income level dropped, and um, so do some of the resources out there. And so we've been able, through um, a local organization, plug in and be able to serve in areas that don't necessarily fall within our county. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, but um, here, just recently, I was out in the Livingston area, on the, near the Trinity River, and the devastation out there is mind-boggling. Just uh...
1: yeah, to to think that people still can't get to their homes, they don't know what's left. They really don't even can't even say to this day what is still standing at their home, at their neighbors, at their families, you know, their friends. What about the school? You yeah. know, when you think about your community and how, you know, the school is the hub of your local community, your kids go there. Even if you don't have kids that go there, it's still such a staple.
0: Well, and, and mm-hmm. then like the athletic programs that go along with it too. And, and you know, especially this time of year fall with, with football. I mean, that's that's Texas you know, backbone. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and to see communities and, and programs not be able to to celebrate what they've celebrated for hundreds of years on Friday Night Lights. It's 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 hard. And those seeing those first games back and how those communities react to it. Oh, it's, I mean, it's it's great. And it shows the true passion that we have as as Texans and as just community driven people.
2: Yeah, most definitely. And to make a full circle back to 4-H, it's um, through some of the connections we've made through sponsors of the different programs that 4-H has for kids. We've been able to make those connections outside of 4-H to come to those same business leaders and say, I could really use your help. We've got a small community out there that's really struggling. Mm -hmm. You know, could you help us? Could you help us get, you know, maybe a few pallets of water or can you help us get some supplies out there to them. And so, you know, just to go full circle again with our 4-H lives and our 4-H experience and serving others, this isn't even through 4-H that we're doing these efforts, but it's the connections that we've built with these people and the trust that they have in these 4-H kids and and the the leaders they see um, coming out of the 4-H program that there has never been a time that we haven't asked some of our local business owners to partner with us that they've said no, never. They, yeah. they really love the kids and what we're doing, and they see that we're giving back, and they're happy to be a part of it. Yeah, it's a true
1: testament, and, and knowing that um, they're also empowering young people to step up. You know, they may not have all the skill or ability, but to empower them and let them know, yes, I'm going to help you out with this. Um, and it's that sense of trust and community. Um, so it's just, you know, that's another part. We're celebrating National 4-H Week, and it, it goes back um, to the kids, to the county the parents to great volunteers like miss larapena here today Um, and we hope if you ever are interested that you give us a call at your county extension office again that's 936-539-7823 extension three thank you so much for joining us this friday on lone star community radio we hope you have a great weekend and we'll talk to you next time
3: Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, President of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas on IRLonestar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. All right, we're back on the Extension Hour.
1: My name is Caroline Cruz, and I'm joined here today in studio with Ms. Lara Pena. She is a Montgomery County 4-H volunteer, a parent, um, and a really active part of our program. We were just talking a little bit about some of the efforts um, that she and her family and other members of the community have been involved in disaster recovery and relief efforts um, here around this part, um, not just in our county, but to our neighbors further east and to other locations where they really do need some help. Um, If you are ever looking for information about disaster preparedness, um, we've got a really great website with a lot of useful user-friendly information in that website. It's texashelp.tamu, as in Texas A&M University, .edu. So that's TexasHelp dot tamu.edu. Dot and usually before we start our 4-H year, which pretty much starts in August or September every year, along with the school year, um, we give this information out to our clubs and we happen to um, include this in our newsletters and it's a disaster supply kit. It also talks about um, a pet emergency kit. And we've seen with so many um, families that have been displaced, but also their pets have been displaced and they may not quite yet be reunited, but we have a full um, checklist for to keep on hand if you do have pets. And then also in this kind of stage of cleanup, there's also a lot of really good resources on that website for proper cleanup, um, helping you to have the tools to even find a reputable contractor if you have to do work in your home or your business, or if you're helping a friend, um, or just out there trying to help in general, there's some really great information on there. And we also just recently received these really cool books in our office. It's called the Texas Homeowner's Handbook to Prepare for Coastal Natural Hazards. Um, It's a full color booklet. And some of the things that are in here, um, really good useful information. So Coastal Natural Hazards, that includes hurricane hazards. And this is specifically for Texas and for the location where we live. Hurricane hazards in Texas, um, storm surge, rainfall, tornado hazards that can happen with a natural disaster, flood hazards, the different type of floodings that um, can affect us. A whole section over what we just talked about, your emergency supply kit for your home, for your family, for your pets. What to do before, during, and after a natural disaster. There's a whole big section also on protecting your property, your roofing, um, how to keep water out, your window coverings. There's the trees, that's another big thing, your trees, Um, concrete structures that you may have at your home. Uh, There's a whole section on protecting your property with insurance. It goes over. eligible for different types of insurance what you need to do and how to protect yourself there's also um, FEMA publications in here it's just a really neat um, it's a huge book and we do have copies of these at the Extension office if this is something that you need and we can definitely help get those to you Um, some other things that we can talk about really quickly Some other, we've been talking a lot about service Mm -hmm. because 4-H really celebrates and empowers young people to be of service to their communities. And one of our um, 4-H members that, she's a high school student and she is also an officer on our county 4-H council. One of her big projects she likes to focus on is Project Linus. And if you're, um, you may be familiar with it, it's a blanket drive. And what she is doing is she's accepting um, donations of blankets and they can be taken to the county extension office um, she's also willing if you have a big you know donation maybe a group wants to put something together she'll even work with you on maybe going and picking that up from you if it's more convenient for you so if you're interested in helping that um, there's some a couple of different criteria for that um, mainly blankets for children for infants and all the way through teens so this is for young people, um, something that would be friendly to a child or to even a teenager. Um, she, she talks about the size that it needs. Um, so if you want to get involved with that or find more information, you can give us a call at the county extension office. It's 936-539-7823, extension 3. And so we're taking those donations now and she'll be taking those. Um, over the next month or so. So if anybody's interested, it's called Project Linus. Um, and so again, I'm joined here today with Lara Pena. She is a 4-H parent here in our county. We've been talking about service and, and getting out there um, to help. If you could tell us to a little bit about, um, we've talked a little bit about uh, Gabby, who is your daughter. She's a 4-H member here in Montgomery County. We talked about her role as a 4-H ambassador. She's also getting to serve this year. Um, she was elected this summer at our district 4-H council um, to our district council. She also is getting the opportunity because of that to serve on state 4-H council. So that is just a really great accomplishment in and of itself to to be able to be on state council because Not everyone is going to be on state council. Um, Tell us a little bit about what that journey has been like um, for you and what you can kind of see over this year as she serves on that. How is that going um, to maybe to impact her? What what is she excited about for 4-H Council?
2: I would have to say um, one of the things that is exciting to Gabby, first of all, is that over the years, remember, I was saying this is our sixth year. And during that time, it has really helped her blossom into a leader. And that leadership, you know, goes beyond 4-H, too. I mean, she serves in a leadership position elsewhere as well. But because of all the many opportunities for her, um, even getting back to the commissioner court that you spoke to earlier, when we first came to that, I can remember her saying on our ride home, one of these days I'm going to be that person speaking. (laughs) And, you know, as a mom... (laughs) you know, you can do anything you want. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But, you know, what's been great is watching her develop. Every year she has served in at least one officer position somewhere in the county. And so this year we knew that if she was going to make it to state council, this was going to have to be it because it was her last year. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of preparation, a lot of time that we had to spend planning different things that would Uh, make her a good candidate. I mean, you can't just run for office and expect to to get that. I mean, there's a lot of people that run Mm -hmm. for these offices, so you really have to stand out. So that meant developing a 4-H career that would um, justify her peers voting for her. Um, So when she um, made it onto the district council, you know, there was a campaign process that took place, Mm -hmm. and so she she had to be very thoughtful about her campaign slogan. And it's very competitive. I mean, everybody wants those positions. There's a lot of kids running for just a few positions. And so she came up with a campaign slogan. And, you know, she really um, tried to promote herself and talk about all the different things that um, 4-H has done for her. And so she did end up winning that um, that election and um, consequently became an, also a Texas council member. Now, Um, I want to say there's 32 or 33 members statewide. So to be a a council member is a, it's a big deal. I mean, Texas is a large state. (laughs) Texas is a large state. And to to be one of those um, 32, I think it is, uh, members representing um, 4-H across the state, you got to have a plan. And so she um, has, She has already had some training, and that was very intense, and she loved every minute of it. Um, She did not win one of the officer positions on the council, which thank goodness she didn't because she's already doing so much, but they're working hard to develop programs for kids at some of the leadership training, and um, it's been fun to watch her work with these other incredible Mm -hmm. leaders to develop these programs and discuss what they were going to do. We're very
1: proud of her for that. Um, That's a big commitment. And, you know, like you mentioned, this is, you're going to be going into her sixth year. You know, there's some um, families that they started when they were eight years old. And, you know, she came in and and you came in and fully supported her and kind of that, we don't know yet what we're going to do. But we won't know until we try. Mm -hmm. So that's just you know another real testament to the 4-H program to use a family, Um, and that's just kind of where we're at.
2: She's loving it. This is her year. She's excited to help other kids jump in and have the best best experience possible. And so she's excited to present that. We're already we have plans. We've had other uh, managers. Club managers approach her and ask her if she would please come and speak to the young people there. Maybe help them understand that there's mm-hmm. so much you don't have to do it all, but try, experience, taste a little bit of everything, and then you can find out what you want to focus on later. But just try it, just have fun, jump in and go in there thinking it doesn't matter what happens, I'm gonna have some fun and have some great experiences. And so, she is all right now, she's actually working on her presentation. We've got a couple of um clubs this month that we're going to be presenting to so she's pretty excited to do that actually
1: very awesome well thank you again for joining us today on the extension hour on Lone Star Community Radio we hope you have a great weekend and we'll check with you next time